You know what it is. That's right. It's time to talk money with your money nerd and financial coach. Now, tighten those purse strings and open those ears. It's the Money Talk with Tiff podcast. Hello, hello. Hey, hey, hey. How are you? Good. Congratulations on day one. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. I feel like me and HR are on a first name basis at this point. Oh, nice. I know all these fucking personal business. Oh, my God. And they was cussing in meetings. I was like, yeah, I love it here. What? I <laughs> fucking love it. That is funny. <laughs> that is funny. Well, I'm glad you like it. I ain't got no choice but to like it at this point. I already signed the contract. <laughs> but I'm, I'm still excited. Like, I still got the stars in my eyes. So that's a good sign. Yeah, that's good. Definitely good. Hey, Ronnie. What's going on? Can y'all hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay, how's everybody doing? I'm driving right now. Almost at home, though. Hopefully everybody's having a good time tonight. We are ready to have a little fun. Dream a little bit. Uh, Ain't nothing nothing (laughs) wrong with dreaming. That's where it starts, right? (laughs) Right. (laughs) I'm looking forward to this conversation, Uh-oh. so I seriously. Uh-uh. Hey, everyone that's listening, we're going to get started in a few minutes. We're going to give people some time to get here. Hey, Jonathan, how are you? Out of Austin. I'm so sorry I missed the last couple traveling like it's not anything, but thank you and happy to be here. Yeah. Good to hear from you. Glad you're here this week. Sorry, I'm still shuffling kids to the bed, so. (laughs) No, seriously, I just went in and checked on my kids. They gave me the puppy dog eyes. I was like, y'all got 30 more minutes and that's it. Oh, you're so nice. (laughs) In the street, rather than our opinions. Now you say the same. Jonathan, we cannot hear you at all. Jonathan, it's kind of live over there, man. We could not hear anything. Afro tech. I'm sorry. Yeah, shout out to Marquis and the, the certifications. We need certifications. Especially me. Y'all know I operate in the credit space. So that place is ripe with frauds and charlatans. So these certifications really help me stick out. So hopefully not that many people. I can save some people from getting scammed. Yes, much needed. Right now, I'm just tell them don't invest in FTX. Oh, too soon. But yeah, all of these currency exchanges. I've been seeing a lot of people that are in the space like pull your money out. So it seems like it's like a bank run right now or a exchange run. <laughs> what Beyonce says, and I'm like, meanwhile, because I I retweeted a few, just put twiddle thumb because I'm like this is why I don't invest in this type of stuff I'm still over here chilling with my index and mutual fund because I don't have time all right so we're gonna go ahead and get started I usually give a five minute grace period so let's get started do our introductions hopefully by that time some more of us will roll in but welcome 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 to Fin Noir a space for Black Money Talk. We do this every Monday at 9 p.m. And we just dive into different topics that are 
pertinent to our community. So my name is Tiffany Grant, and I run Money Talk with Tiff, which is a financial education platform. You can find the podcast, Money Talk with Tiff, and then you can find the blog at moneytalkwitht.com. And Markia? Hey, everybody. My name is Markia. I'm known as the Money Plug here on social media. I am a CFEI or a Certified Financial Education Instructor, and I just got my RFA today, so I'm a Registered Financial Associate, and I'm a Finfluencer, so I post personal finance education mainly on TikTok. I'm up to about 200,000 followers and growing, so yeah, that's me. Thank you, thank you, and I'm gonna pop over to Renita because she, like, hopped up on my screen, so I don't want to miss anybody, so Renita. Hey, folks. I'm Renita Young. I am a financial journalist in Chicago, also posting content and hosting series on personal finance for my job. Thank you. I'm looking forward to when that podcast releases. And then we have Ronnie. Hey, how's everybody doing? My name is Ronnie Good. I'm a CPA certified public accountant and tax strategist. I help business owners and entrepreneurs and investors leverage the tax code in order to build wealth online. You can follow me at Rhythm Accounting online. Thank you, Ronnie. And then we'll go to Anthony. Hello, everybody. Yes. Hello, everybody. My name is Anthony. I am the host of the About That Water podcast where we help you build strong financial habits. And you can follow me at, at About That Wallet or youtube.com forward slash About That Wallet. Perfect. And Steven Stack? Hey, what's going on, everybody? My name is Steven Stack. I am a debt-free millionaire. I help others with building wealth using a lot of the strategies that I did to get where I'm at. And I also believe in holistic well-being of just that money or wealth goes beyond what's in our bank account to the person we're becoming. And my handle is stacking with stack everywhere, but on Twitter, where it is just Stephen L. Stack. Thank you. And then we have Jonathan. Hey, everyone. I help you build wealth as well. But I specialize in helping you utilize your banking institutions to partner with you. J. Thomas Solutions on TikTok and IG. Glad to be back. Thank you, Jonathan. And Nia? Hello, I'm Nia, creator and founder of Perspectives, personal finance education brand. I drop down-to-earth money and home buying tips for women seeking financial stability. You can find me on Instagram at Money Perspectives and then on TikTok and YouTube at Nia's Perspectives. Thank you, Nia. And Nia is so cool, y'all, because she knows Spanish pretty much fluently. So she dropped a little video of her showing her skills. And I was like, you go, girl. Um, <laughs> and then Family Abide, I popped you up. Did you want to do an introduction? Hey, how you doing, everyone? My name is Robert Fensker Jr. I am the host of Family Abide. We talk about conversations to cultivate character, just a daddy-daughter podcast to talk about generational wealth and expose kids and families to money. Thank you, Robert. And I heard their intro at FinCon, and it's so cute, y'all. Please tune into their podcast. It's so cute. All right. So today we're going to, usually we do stuff that's pretty heavy. We kind of dive deep into different things but tonight we're gonna do 
a topic that's a little more fun, just to break it up a little bit. And so we'll be talking about travel and particularly travel on a budget. So we want to talk about like where our favorite places were or where we want to go, what's on the bucket list, so on and so forth. So I guess I'll go ahead and get us started. And we'll be talking about national and international because there's a lot of nice places here in the U.S. as well. So I'll start us off. And also, if you're listening and you want to be a speaker, just request it and I'll pop you up so you can give your two cents. But I will say I this year I went to Jamaica for the first time. And I know I keep talking about this, but y'all <laughs> so serious. I just want to live there for the rest of my life. So I love Jamaica because it's just it's a lot of black people. And everybody is just so cool down to earth. Everybody looks out for each other from for the most part. I stayed with the locals. So I stayed with someone that actually lives there versus like an Airbnb hotel type of situation. And I absolutely loved it. And Jamaica, I will say, it can be expensive, especially if you go to the touristy part. So like Negril was very expensive. I mean, $20 for a burger. But some of the smaller parts weren't as bad. And so I'll just kick us off by saying Jamaica is definitely my favorite place right now internationally. And that is where I would love to live. Would anybody like to go next? So I'll go. I absolutely love that. Jamaica is always a vibe. I never will turn down a trip to Jamaica. I'm always going to be up to go. As far as my favorite destination is going to be Belize because I feel at home there. Pre-pandemic, I probably went to Belize about four times a year. Of course, I since then, I haven't gone there as much. I've been back since the world has opened again. But it's just, like you say, you stay with a local. I feel like staying with a local or Airbnb, you get an, a more authentic experience. You get more authentic food. Resorts are cool, but they I feel like they serve you commercialized food, and it don't even taste as good. Oh, interesting. I have been to Belize, but I'm like, it was on a cruise. So like you said, it wasn't like the authentic experience. So I would love to go back and experience that. So I'm glad you brought that up. Are there any tips you would have for people staying or going to Belize? So that depends on what type of traveler they are. It depends on if you're a foodie, if you're adventurous, if you're looking to relax. So they have the top areas that you want to go is they have two islands key Cocker and san pedro and then they have a peninsula which is called placencia which is great for like food nice spots and then i personally love to go to hopkins which is a village located in the southern part but i like to go to hopkins because the garifuna people are in hopkins which are african descent so they still do drumming every week they look just like us and it's just the vibes just can't be missed. I mean, I wouldn't have a problem planning a trip for us to go because I go regularly. I think we should do that. You ain't said nothing but a word. Okay. Hey, I know I like leave my kids in here with they daddy. <laughs> I'm done. Go ahead and put it in motion. Marquia, did you want to say a place? Yeah, I've been to, being in the military, I got to go to a lot of really cool random places that I probably would never have chosen to go. And one of those places was Alice Springs, Australia. If you're like an outdoorsy person, you would love it. It was flipping beautiful. Like, 
The scenery was unmatched. However, comma, I am not an outdoorsy person. And they have, like, in the back of my mind, all I kept thinking was, like, God, they got eight out of the ten, like, deadliest animals here. Like, why is this a place? But it was beautiful. The locals were really, really cool. They were really, really nice. Showed us around. We got a lot of drinking because it was my early 20s. But (laughs) it was really, it was just really cool. It gave me, like, a local experience. I didn't feel like a tourist I wasn't in like Sydney or Melbourne or nothing like that. So it was really cool when I got to experience a lot of quote unquote the Outback. So that was really nice. And then when we were in Germany, I got the opportunity to travel a lot. Europe is really, really cheap once you get there. Like I literally, it was a $20 flight from, what was that? Was that Hamburg? Hamburg or Munich. I think it was Munich to like London. It was like 20 bucks to hop on a flight. Like, it's so cheap to travel once you're already in Europe. And it's just so much to do. Like, I took my kids to, like, this National Tory Museum in Nuremberg. They loved it. And they love Black people out there. Oh, my God. Like, my, we're real. We're all natural here in my household. So, like, my kids have puffballs and, you know, I got my locks. And we were walking around and they were like, oh, your kids are so cute. They were buying the kids like ice cream and like snacks and like teaching them how to say certain things and how to count euros. And it was just, it was like a really good family destination traveling around in Europe. And that was one, I think Europe is probably the only place where I didn't feel black. Like I felt welcome. Blackness wasn't on display if that makes sense. Like, I didn't have people following me through the store when I went in there to look around. I didn't feel like the police were watching me extra close or anything like that. So I I loved Europe. I love everything about Europe. Awesome. And see, that's one place I have not gone across the big pond yet. So I definitely have noted that down. Thank you for sharing. And Jonathan, you had your hand raised? Yeah, I'm glad Marquia actually brought that up. Me and my wife, we've been to Sydney, we've been all over in Europe, went to several other places, Bahamas and things of that nature. But financially and just experience-wise, Europe definitely, if you're going to go someplace, that's worth the money just because once you get there, like Marquia said, we went to London, we went to Venice, we went to Italy. And you can do that within probably like 50 to 70 bucks, depending on the train and depending on where you're at. But you can map that out. So easily, if you do a 10-day trip, you can hit four countries comfortably. And then their food and everything that they offer there is cheap. Number one, because they have a strict no-tipping policy. But just the portion sizes and how they cook is really good. From a travel side of things, one of the things that I always mention is, yeah, we use a credit card just for the insurance pieces, but things have changed since the pandemic. So you can change flights with no fees. You can even have more baggage with little to no fees. But if you go internationally, one of the things that I always encourage people to do is go to your neighborhood, Bank of America, Wells Fargo, in your town and exchange your money out because you will get a cheaper rate for that. They'll take your American money, but it's just easier for you to spend if you have the currency of that place. And a lot of people, you can get that if you have a banking relationship for, at a discounted rate, you still would pay, but it just you wouldn't pay as much as a currency exchange. Nice. That's good to know. And I do want to mention, since you did bring up currency exchange, it was actually in Jamaica, it was cheaper 
to trade it locally versus trying to change it like at the airport or when I was home. And so I had waited until I got the connect to the connect. No, I'm just kidding. But it was cheaper to trade it locally for Jamaica. And then Steven? Hey, actually, it's funny. I was going to say a lot of the same things as Jonathan and Marquia, just about Europe, of what I've always loved about it is how connected it is and how many different countries you can go to very easily once you are over there. I actually went to Paris for the first time earlier this year, kind of on a whim, had some had some friends invite me to come out and celebrate them across the pond. So made a trip out of it. That was really, really Parisian nights are special, especially if you got good people with you. But I guess if I were going to say something just to do something different than Europe, I would say there's a lot of beautiful places in Mexico that it's not a far flight to get there. I mean, it's literally right under us. And I think a lot of times people sleep on Mexico because it's so close. And I do think there's some unfortunate stigmas that get put on our Mexican brothers and sisters that don't allow us to really see how beautiful of a place it is and how beautiful the people are there as well. So you don't necessarily have to go all the way across the pond to go somewhere beautiful. Plus, the time zone is fair, fairly similar, depending on where you're based. Like, say, if you're in Central Standard Time, like you, you may just be in the same time zone, just depending on where you're at. But uh, that's that's another one that I would throw out there that can be a lot more economical, too, because you don't have to go so far to get there and just beautiful places. Beautiful. So. I concur about Mexico. That is where I had my first beach massage and it was very, very affordable. So just throwing that out there, definitely hit up the locals as they're on the beach and doing their services. It was awesome. One of the best massages I've ever had and it was very affordable. All right. So let's go to Anthony and then Rakim. Yeah, I have to say that my best experience was going to Trinidad and Tobago. I went there for Carnival, but even though I went for Carnival, like a lot of people treated me like a local, mostly because I look like them. But it was even amazing because once I realized that they realized, once I realized I used an actual $1 bill on how quickly they can change the price, I was like, no, nah, let me go to the bank right quick and do this exchange. <laughs> but it was, I have to say, the love there was amazing. I loved the camaraderie around everybody. And it just felt like home. It didn't feel like you needed all this glam and everything like that. Some of the houses were shacks. Some of the places, because they live right there off the water. And it was just cool to see how they go fishing. You can see the fish come off, and they butcher it right there in front of you. And you just only pay for a little U.S. dollar conversion because it changes on a daily basis. but And that was one of the cool things I really loved about it, getting going to the rainforest, actually seeing all the, as you can say, the nature and actually picking your fruit right off the trees. It was just one of the surreal experiences that I actually had. Just walk around with a bag and just snatch up. And it was just so cool. I would definitely love to go back if I could. I probably live there. 
have a great time there. But the things that we take for granted here that I, I do have to say is like running water inside some of the houses because actually I was able to get like a bungalow. But it was like an extra home. That running water wasn't serious. They just had like a tank sitting on top of the house and they just got to wait for the water man to come through and fill it up with some water. But I, not to say I was funky. I actually got in there and was able to use it for the time I was there. But I have to say that outside of that experience, I really did enjoy it. The weather was nice. Not too many mosquitoes. I was able to sleep with the windows open. No problem. Nice, nice. I am living vicariously through you with the carnival because I would love to go to Trini during carnival. I know it was lit. Right, Kim? What up, y'all? So like Anthony, the Caribbean, it has my heart. I went to the Dominican Republic twice and I went to Antigua once. And as soon as I got off the plane, they're like, treating me like I'm one of them. Everybody was brown. It was a sea of brown people. They were actually asking me, where's my Dominican passport? They're like, why are you showing us your American passport? It doesn't help that I speak Spanish. And similar experiences, right? I stayed with a friend's family. So the water was running, but it wasn't like running, running. Like it was like, there was a problem there. I had to fill up, fill up a bucket to flush the toilet and you know, the, there was no hot water, so it was cold. But the people were amazing. Everybody just wanted to chill and drink beer. And I think I had the best chicken of my life in some, like, random, really sketch spot. Dominican Republic is absolutely one of my favorite places in the world. But on the other side of the ocean, I, uh, I have a really, I won't say love-hate, I have a love-love relationship with Barcelona, Spain. And I tell the story very fondly. I went to Spain to escape depression. So I was experiencing a really bad depression. And I found this incredible deal online that allowed for me to fly round trip 14 days, seven days in, in Barcelona, Spain, seven days in Casablanca, Morocco. And I went out there with the sole intention of writing. And what I ended up writing became my very first book. So I just went out there by myself to this country, and it was an interesting experience of re-getting to know myself. And I don't know how many people have struggled with depression, but it can really make you feel like a stranger in your own head. So um, Barcelona will always have my heart, but there were, when I got to immigration, there were a lot of white people, and I noticed that I was being noticed. The way that they speak Spanish over there is very different than the way that they speak Spanish in the Caribbean, so they definitely kind of took note of how I was saying things. And I definitely do want to go back. I love the food. I think it was Jonathan who mentioned there's no tipping, so the price is the price. And it was just really chill. It was a really chill experience. If I could go back or when I do get the opportunity to go back, I definitely will take it. But I just want to share one negative experience in Europe. I went to Iceland and I did it for the experience, but I don't know that I will ever go back. And if I do go back, I don't know that I will stay very long because the food there was terrible. It was very expensive. It was very cold, but I, I did it to check it off the box. Oh, interesting. Okay, because one of my finance friends, Danielle, she loves Iceland. She wrote a whole book about being black and a black woman traveling to Iceland and stuff, and she loves it. And so I'm glad that she brought up that different perspective because now I'm like, hmm, <laughs> so we'll talk. Yeah, food is tough. <laughs> <laughs> Not tough. <laughs> 
and then Robert, and then we'll go to Nia and then Jonathan. Yeah, I was just going to say that both of my parents are from Africa, Sierra Leone. So I was fortunate to get a lot of traveling done early in my life. And then dad went to school in Russia, mom went to school in England. So got to see a lot of places. But from my own personal travel, I think the importance of building community, like what we're doing here, is important because it's different seeing places with somebody who's there or somebody who's local somebody who has connections to the region and going there as a just as a straight tourist so I studied abroad in Oaxaca and then I went back later based off of those relationships and Oaxaca Mexico is muy bonita Veracruz is an indigenous place for black black slaves or black Mexicans where a lot of people are not really aware of they do exist in Mexico you can shoot off to different places in Mexico you gotta have a certain comfort level where you go someplace so obviously if you don't speak the language that could be a barrier most places are really inviting like they really showed a lot of love some of these places are really big cities I mean Oaxaca is not but if you go to shoot off to Mexico City or somewhere else if you're not comfortable with that that's always a challenge some other places that are relatively cheap they're nearby the Bahamas are always nice it's not you don't really get too expensive flights over there and the conk is great other types of food is great and yeah i just think making sure that you get involved or have some type of connect always helps with when traveling yes i definitely agree and since you brought up the bahamas just fyi ladies with locks they love us down there just <laughs> They love ladies with locks down there. That was just my experience. But I think I said we were going to do Nia and then Jonathan. Okay, so first I wanted to kind of agree with Robert. I do the same thing. So when I travel to different countries, I like to find out where we are and go there. So in Colombia, I went to Palenque. I feel like you find out so much and then seeing all the similarities and comparing the different stories and then finding out the truth compared to what you had been told. So I love to go to that part. Secondly, I want to double down on kind of what Steven said and Marquia. It doesn't only apply to Europe. So whenever you're somewhere else, it's always better to travel around that location. It's always easier to hop on one of their local airlines and just travel around in that area. You can hit more countries, especially if you're on a long flight. It makes more sense to hop around after you took that long flight all the way over there before you come back. The next thing is Carnival and TNT. The Anthony. So I go to Carnival every year, Anthony. Um, next year, I'm already, of course, booked for next year. Got my costume, everything. But just an example, so they're trying to get all the money back from not having Carnival in 2021 and 2022. So these flights are ridiculous. So it was cheaper for me to book a flight to St. Lucia for a few days before and then go to Carnival than it was to go straight there. So now I get two countries for cheaper than the price of one country. So things like that, I always do and check before. And then lastly, you mentioned how they love the ladies with locks. In Trinidad, they love ladies with meat on their bones. So they're going to pick a woman who's of the thicker persuasion before they pick a thinner woman in Trinidad. Yes, come on with the tips. Now. <laughs> and Nia, we're going to have to talk offline because I didn't know you play mice too. So anyway, and then Jonathan? 
Yeah, Rakim, I'm so glad you mentioned Barcelona. I forgot how much I love the beach there. And there was this taco place that I'm, I'm just having nostalgia about. But the one thing that even no matter where you go that I realized that America stands different is we don't, I know me and my wife, we don't typically use like rental cars or anything like that. It's a lot of typical walking because you can get there a lot, little bit quicker or just normal transit that's there. I know, again, not to go back to Europe, but it's so easy to get on a bus for like two bucks and ride the thing so far rather than deal with the cost of a rental car. The other thing is for those people who maybe you like the Louis Vuitton Gucci and all those different things. A lot of the things like my wife has a good, decent bag collection, but a lot of those things, 90% of them, I don't think we bought any bags in the U.S. We bought them all when we were traveling because you, you get number one, typically about a 30, 30% price cut. And then whatever taxes you pay, you get, when you pay with your credit card there in the country, you get that refunded once you get back to the airport. Understanding the currency, and like Nia just mentioned, when you're trying to travel to someplace, oftentimes look for neighboring countries around there because again, that could be your easy travel in spot and then travel to those are things and plus for me i use expedia and travel through and all those type of things when you're trying to manage the cost perfect thank you jonathan and then renita hey so i want to share just a little tiny bit about my experience in the motherland i lived in kenya in nairobi for about three months during 2009 and it was mixed y'all I'm gonna just be honest now I'm telling you all this for a reason please stay with me so the immediate description that I got from some of our brothers and sisters over there was she's a white girl because to a lot of them black Americans I should not generalize but many of us were seen as white people to the folks who were at this particular place in this particular time. However, they asked, they started to ask me questions. I had a, a day where after a really long work day, I was there working for a TV station on the business news show that came on twice a day. And so at the end of the day, one of those days I was there just like the first week, they said, Hey, do, do you black Americans walk around thinking that we are running barefoot in the bush? And I said, you know what? That's a lot of the commercials that we see of Africa. And so I learned from many of them that much of what they see, they're really in love with our American culture, a la Jay-Z and Beyonce, bling, bling. And that that was the assumption. And I was like, hey, listen, we have slums, we have ghettos as well. We have a lot of different things. They may look a little bit different. But what I loved about that conversation is that it was a true cultural exchange. And I got them to understand parts of us that they didn't because they only see our popular culture on television. Again, generalizing, I understand much of what we see about the entire continent is feed the children. I think maybe most of us have seen those commercials on television, not truly knowing how rich some of the African countries are. Like the two top cocoa growing regions are in Africa. That's huge. Africa's rich in resources. And so it was good to learn about that, but also this. So something that I didn't know, like where I was, Kenya, it was considered a third world country, right? Yet most people had drivers and 
maids, house help. It was common to have house help. And so that kind of like, I was like, whoa, that's pretty interesting. Didn't necessarily mean that the people had a whole lot of money, but that was just a standard thing in the city that I was in. And so it's just so interesting how we can learn about a country growing up in a different way and just really not know what's really going on until we step there. And then lastly, so what the last thing that they said to me, the folks that I was talking to in the lunchroom at the end of the day, they were like, we're glad that you're here. More of you Black Americans need to come here and experience the continent because we want to see you. We want to see you here. We want you to come back home. So, hey, pick an African country and experience it one day. I would highly recommend it. Yes, thank you for sharing that firsthand experience. I know just secondhand, I have a lot of friends from Africa, some that are freshly here, and they say the same things like, oh, you have a maid, you have a driver, all of those different things, and it's just commonplace there. So I'm definitely wanting to go to Africa, at least somewhere in West Africa, and then also Ethiopia is on my bucket list, but I would love to just experience it firsthand because secondhand, the pictures, just the stories, all of that stuff. It looks and sounds amazing. So I just wanted to piggyback on that and agree wholeheartedly, at least from my secondhand experience. And then Robert? Yeah, one quick thing. Renita reminded me of something. Africa is like the opposite of Europe in the sense of travel, right? So like my parents used to go to Sierra, Sierra Leone like every year. A lot of times, just to go from West Africa to go to East Africa, you have to go to Europe. So like from go to Sierra Leone to Egypt or Sierra Leone to Kenya, you'd have to go to Amsterdam or France and to go back to the other part of Africa. So it's very, I almost want to say they make it hard to travel within Africa without going to Europe. I don't want to say it's on purpose, but it is. So if you go somewhere in Africa, you probably have to stay within relatively that area or try to find travel. Labor is cheap in Africa, so a lot of times you can get drivers to drive you somewhere if it's driving distance, but it's very difficult to go from country to country within Africa. And then one other thing is that the challenges that we face here are, uh, and this is when you go to a lot of countries, so if you go like to places like developing countries in the world, sometimes we use the third country term to, and it has certain connotations or demographics, but when you go to developing countries in the world, it's interesting to see what they have and what they don't have and how they can still maintain a certain sense of happiness and how we're over here. And that could be a sense of privilege too. We have certain things or don't have certain things and still are not able to find some of that happiness that they have. So traveling gives you a lot of perspective on like, wow, these people are don't have much and they can still find some joy and a lot of things that they're doing. So just a couple little things that I've noticed during my travels as well. That is so true. So true, Robert. Because like my friends that are freshly here, I'm like, have you ever been as stressed as you are now in your entire life? <laughs> and they're like, no. <laughs> like America is just very stressful. It's just a whole different I don't know. It's a whole different vibe here. And so even when I'm traveling and just seeing how the locals live, just carefree. And 
also another thing just to spend it to money credit and stuff is not a thing in a lot of places and so if you don't have the cash you just don't get it so that's like a load off right there so anywho i want to go to nia the renita and then i kind of want to switch gears and do some national travel i just want to say that i completely agree like a lot of times like he says we label it as third world countries but essentially a lot of people here are miserable or because they're focused on a lot of materialistic things and me traveling and spending so much time in other countries with locals and learning so much more about them helped me become more of a minimalist here and that's one of the things that's actually helped me in my financial journey is not really caring as much about things being more into experiences and that came from me traveling a lot and that came from me spending so much time amongst others. And it really helps you see like what's really important. I have a friend in Belize, he refuses to come to America because he's a tour guide there and he's had several people come and they're going to tour with him in a group and find out they live in the same neighborhood or find out he's had people find out they were neighbors and didn't know each other, didn't know each other. And he thought that that was absurd. He was like, how do you not know your neighbor? He's like, I don't want to live somewhere where you, your neighbor is a complete stranger. Like this is the person that lives right by you amongst you. So a lot of things that we look at, they look at it from a completely different perspective, which is very eye-opening for me. Love that. And then Renita? Full disclosure, I forgot about half of what I was about to say, <laughs> but I will say, <laughs> it's like that meme, do you remember? <laughs> But I will say this, though, the currency exchange rates were totally in my favor in the day that so around that time, there were normally about 70 or so Kenyan shillings to a dollar. But when that rate had gone in a different direction, there were like 80 Kenyan shillings or 82. I went shopping. <laughs> so I was able to do that. But but no, it was, I agree with what you guys say. A lot of times I really find it very interesting what the standard is in one country over the other. So yeah, if I remember that other thing, I'll let you guys know. <laughs> no problem. No problem. Marquia? I wasn't going to say this. I was going to say something completely different, but <clears throat> Nia got me thinking because I mean, we were always a pretty simple family, but I definitely think that living in Europe really changed our mindset on what we need to be happy. Like social media has a way of making people think that you need, you you have to have certain things, especially in America. Like the, the average kid sees like over a hundred ads in a day. And so they trick you into thinking that you need all these high tech fancy things in order to be happy or be successful. But we lived in a town in Europe. There's literally nothing there. It's a town, town called Grafenbeer. And we were there for about a year and some change. And there was nothing to do there they had like a bowling alley a movie theater if we really wanted to like go see stuff we would have to like that it, it made us get out the house like it made us go travel and then like how the houses are built there like it's not built 
I mean, it's it's spacious, but it's not built for a bunch of bullshit, if that makes sense. Like, sorry, Tiffany. I know it's going on the podcast. Like, it's built. It's not built for a bunch of extra stuff. So, like, and you didn't even want it, if that makes sense. Like, all the, the fancy windows to me, y'all, them, them windows was, like, floor-to-ceiling windows. They were huge with all the natural light. So I didn't need all the end tables and lamps and all that stuff that I had bought from Rooms to Go before we left, like unnecessary clutter it, it made me start living more of a minimalist lifestyle which my kids have kind of adopted which kind of works out but that wasn't even what I was going to say you was talking about switching gears to like national and I was going to let it be known that the one place I will never ever 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 again go in life is Missouri like you could not pay me to go back to Missouri like, that's just one place. I don't know. I don't care what nobody say. I don't care how much of a good time y'all had. Missouri was horrible. I was in the middle of nowhere. It was nothing there but a Buffalo Wild Wings and a Longhorn Steakhouse. And I was, like, I was literally miserable the whole time I was there. Like, I would never go back. I would never go back. So, because I was going to ask why. So, is it because you didn't have anything to do or there was nothing there to do? So the Army sent me to Fort Leonard Wood when I was changing my job. So Fort Leonard Wood, Missouri has absolutely nothing in it. Like St. Louis is like hours away. Like, like it was nothing. Like Saturday, like because I was prior service, so like I had been in the Army for a while. I wasn't just like a, a initial entry soldier. I had free time. So like after class, I could go out in town if I wanted to or go do stuff. Bro, it was nothing to do. I, on Saturdays, I would go watch college football at the Buffalo Wild Wings and get drunk. And on Sundays, I would go to the Buffalo Wild Wings and get drunk and watch NFL games. Like, there was literally, and, like, we weren't allowed to have cars, so you had to catch a cab, which obviously is expensive, which kind of makes you stay even closer to base because you don't, you really don't want to <laughs> spend that kind of money on a cab. But, like, man, it was just, it was just horrible. Like, and I, it, it takes a lot to, like, really make me be like, oh, no, I'm absolutely not. Like, I would try anything twice, but I will never go back to Missouri, ever. Thank you. Thank you. And Kamari, did you have something to add? Yeah, I want to challenge my kid. I think she should go back to Missouri and go to Kansas City. The, the Negro Baseball League is wonderful. Jazz Museum is right next door to it. It's awesome. There's a lot of history in Missouri, especially in Kansas City and St. Louis. I go if you go with me. Come on, Kamari, let's go. Let's say ain't number work. We gotta do a group trip to Missouri. I will say I drove through Missouri, so that's one thing that I was gonna bring up is I feel like everyone should do like a cross-country road trip at least one time in their life because the U.S. is beautiful and it's huge. It's big. It's very big. So you'll be driving through Arizona, New Mexico, and Texas forever, just FYI. But the U.S. is gorgeous and there's a lot of different places that I could tell you. Like, for instance, Utah, there was nothing there, but... <laughs> It was gorgeous. Like the the mountains look completely different than our mountains on the East Coast. And so it, it just looked like big boulders and stuff. And so it was just interesting to see. But I feel like everyone should try a cross-country road trip at some point in their life. And it's not really that expensive. Of course, you just got to pay for gas and pay for your food. How I did it, I did it in a... Um, 
kind of like a built out sprinter van. So that's where I slept at. So it was just an awesome experience and I highly recommend. Back to Kamari. So I was going to say I drove almost cross country. We went from Pennsylvania to Arizona and back. We didn't make it to California, but uh, I second that. It was absolutely beautiful, very eye-opening. A little sketchy in some places, but for the most part, it was cool. It was cool. It was very great to see the Grand Canyon. It was great to see driving through Colorado and places in Texas and New Mexico and Arizona was also very, very great to see as well. Yes, and I will say also, like, I did it by myself, which, of course, my family and friends were like, are you crazy? (laughs) But I went from North Carolina to California and different routes throughout to get back. But it was it wasn't bad. Like everybody was like, are you sure? Like, are you going to be safe? And this, that and the other. And I didn't have any issues whatsoever. Not saying that bad things don't happen, but I will say I, I didn't have any bad experiences. And then everybody I ran into were nice. I usually stayed at like the gas station. So the truck stops because they're usually popping. <laughs> so it's a lot of traffic. I never stayed at the rest stops because they start slowing down after nighttime. The truck stops are always busy. And so I would just park right in the front <laughs> where the cameras and the lights were. And that's where I would sleep until it was time to get up and do it again. Use the, the truck stop showers and all that good stuff. So I was pretty much living like a trucker, but it was an awesome experience. Uh, Marquia? Now y'all know I stay on the road. If my Odyssey will get me there, I'm finna drive. So I like Arizona, but they have scorpions like we have ants. And I think that's the one thing that has always kept me from like moving to Arizona. Like I went to, I was stationed in Fort Huachuca for Morse Cold School and it was beautiful. And I kept saying, oh, like I can definitely see me living here. Da, 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 da. And then like one of our friends bought a house. And, like, we're helping her move. And it was just scorpions everywhere. And y'all know, I'm from Baltimore. Like, wildlife is not my thing. Like, and, like, they had to take, like, an entire wall out because she had, like, I don't know if you call it what kind of colony or whatever you call it. But, like, they were all, like, in, like, she had an infestation. I've never seen something like that in my life. So, like, yeah, Arizona was out. But I've driven from Milwaukee, Wisconsin to Austin, Texas. And then I've also driven from Pensacola, Florida to Maryland and back, um, I do a lot of traveling up and down the East Coast. And then I told y'all I'm moving to Cali the beginning of next year. So we're planning on driving Why? cars. I got a job and they're paying for me to move to L.A. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to take it. I'm an employee and you would do it too for a check. <laughs> no, that's dope. I didn't know you was going to put job. So congratulations. Shout out to you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Kamari's like, Why? <laughs> Why are you going to California? Listen, them, them California taxes ain't no joke. Um, I got a couple of clients in Cali, and their tax system out there is a whole pain in the ass. Sis said, I'm an employee. Shoot, and I'm not mad at it. If I had relocation, if I had relocation payments, then I would be heading out too. <laughs> but um, really quick, let's go over because we only got like eight more minutes and we really didn't hit national like that. So if you all could name one place in the U.S. that you absolutely love, where would it be? And we'll start with Steven since he raised his hand. 
I'm going to throw in Puerto Rico. Definitely a, a, a sneaky good one. I, I enjoy every time I go. Every time. Yes, and with that, just to educate the audience, too, because I know a lot of people don't know this, but since Puerto Rico is part of the United States, you do not need a passport to get there. So people that do not have a passport, Puerto Rico is safe for you to go without one. So just FYI, and usually any of the territories and stuff that the U.S. has, too. So a lot of people don't know that, and... Like, I know, for instance, we were planning a girl's trip and they were like, but we didn't we don't have a passport. I was like, you don't need a girl. Come on. <laughs> go, go ahead, Steven. Right. I'm just going to throw one honorable mention. Normally, I like to stick to just one on these types of things, but love Hawaii. It takes a while to get there, but very nice. Very nice. Expensive, but nice. Yeah, Hawaii, I haven't been yet, and I want to go, but like you said, it's expensive, so I'm going to see how that fits into the budget. I think Nia had her hand up first. So, bro, nationally, I love New Orleans, and that might be my inner fat child, but when I say as soon as I touch down in New Orleans, I'm right getting me (laughs) a drink and some seafood, (laughs) I don't care if I got to go back to work. I don't care. I'm going to go stop by there on my way to my hotel and then go enjoy it. I wish I had some relocation. I'm trying to relocate and have somebody else pay for it. So, yes, congratulations again to Marquia. I'm in Chicago, so I will be meeting you all in Missouri because this is nothing for me to drive there. I've been there a few times myself, and I actually had a good time, Marquia, so maybe it just might have been your experience. I'm going to have to agree with Kamari. You got to go back again so you can see if you can have a different experience than you had before. Yes, yes. And Jonathan? Yeah, I was going to concur with Steven, Hawaii, we had just recently went. Honolulu, I think, is probably like the cheapest if you can get to California. So what I found is most people try to go to California and then they dip over to Hawaii to be a little bit more cost effective. But also, I think it was Nia that just mentioned it. We'll all get to have a different experience next year at FinCon in New Orleans. So I will say those are probably the top two as far as the U.S. places to go that never will disappoint. And Hawaii gives you the discount if you like that luxury shopping as well. They got like a statewide discount that they just give. Oh, interesting. I like discounts. That might be worth putting in the budget. (laughs) And because it's U.S., they will ship to you for free too, so you don't have to travel there to get it. You don't say. Um, All right, Marquia, then we'll go to Anthony. I like wine country. So I like 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 certain parts of Virginia, Massachusetts, Connecticut, Vermont. Like, man, it's so beautiful. Like in the fall, that's my favorite time to go. And like tour the grounds and wine tastings and eating cheese off the little coochie board thing. And like, I'm telling like, oh man, it's just, I don't know, make you, make you feel rich. Make you feel like... <laughs> I'll be feeling like Martha Stewart. <laughs> Not Martha Stewart. <laughs> she said the shark coochie boy. That was good. And Anthony. 
First off, I never heard of a coochie boy, but I had to look that up right quick. I'm trying not to get red flagged on my ISP, but I had to say Bro, that. Be I, careful. Be right. careful with that. <laughs> Do it on your personal device, okay? Personal device. All right. Make sure. There you go. Uh, thank you. But I have to say that I really did enjoy Alaska. It was a small feel, even though I'm from Baltimore, but it still gave you that city feel. And you can still walk everything. So everything is right there. And I have to say, if you guys haven't had salmon from Alaska, please go and try it out. Because the salmon that you get all the way over here on the East Coast looks so pale in comparison. Like the color pink and like, the color salmon and the Crayola, if you got that 24-pack or that 100-pack of colors, like the salmon that they have there is exactly the same salmon, that pink that you'll get when you order a fish and chips. And I have to say that I really enjoyed the food there. I enjoyed the atmosphere. It was real chill. I didn't feel like I was out of place there. And talk about being the lowest on the totem pole, you actually get to see how the totem poles are being made there, and it was pretty cool. So. I definitely want to go back. Thank you, Anthony. I'm glad you brought up Alaska. Cause I was going to ask after everybody went, if nobody brought up Alaska, has anybody ever been? <laughs> so I'm glad you brought that up. I heard that cruises to Alaska are very nice too. I've heard that the, they are the best cruises. Now, I don't know firsthand. So this is just secondhand information, but people say that cruises to Alaska are the best. All right, so we'll go to Nia and then Kamari and we'll probably wrap up. So I actually was coming to say one that's not nationally that I wanted to see if other people had had a similar experience as me. So if you want to take Kamari first, I'll be happy to go last. Sure. All right, Kamari. Okay. I had a question and then I'll get my spot. Y'all travel way more than me. I'm actually behind the uh, curve and I'm going to be trying to catch up. But what do y'all think is the best time to book flights for FinCon someone? I guess we can talk about that at some point. And my favorite place as of right now is probably Martha's Vineyard. I love Martha's Vineyard. Bro, bro, I'm literally typing that in the chat. Incredible. Well, Martha's, Martha's Vineyard. Vineyard. Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. It's hard to get there. Uh, yeah, it ain't that bad. Yeah, but that ferry is rough. That's what I'm talking about, the ferry. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's a nice yeah. Jack and Jill kind of kind of crowd. It's real nice for black people, depending on what time of year you go to. Well, listen, I've been in the summer, and when COVID hit, we were so cooped up. We were like, let's just get out of here. I'm like, where are we going to go? I wanted to go to Charleston because I've been dying to get to Charleston, but my wife was like, no. Nah. So then I said, all right, Martha's Vineyard. So we went up there like the day after Christmas, and it was great. It wasn't that cold. We got to see air. It was pretty awesome. Hit me outside of this to tell you a story of an Obama story and Spike Lee story about yeah, Jack. I, I, I mean, uh, Martha's Vineyard. I got you. Yeah. <laughs> we won't derail the people. So, as far as to answer kind of your question, Kamari, I don't know. Like things have changed. It used to be you buy flights on Tuesdays, Saturdays. Saturdays. It's not really like that as much anymore. It's kind of changed what I normally do for myself is I set alerts like I stock flights for a living and 
Google Hopper and different apps, they'll alert you when the prices change and you just stay ready so you don't have to get ready. My honorable mentions were the Jose Cuevo train in Mexico. If you haven't been and you like tequila, definitely go. And then the second one is Cuba. So I don't know if others have been to Cuba, how they thought about Cuba and like Cuba. I personally love Cuba. I want to go back go. again. I would love to. to. I've been twice. So if you when you do go, let me know. If you have questions, I'll be happy to answer. I'm usually the planner for all the trips that I go on, like Carnival, all of that stuff. I'm the one who planned it for everybody. So whatever questions you have, just, you know, hit me and I got you. Thank you, Nia. And I'm so sad because mentioning Cuba, I was supposed to go back in, what was it, 2020? But the former president had shut travel down, that was. And it was the same year that I was supposed to go. So I had to get a refund and everything. I know it's so sad, but it's okay because we can go again. And you said you will plan it. So I'm hold you to that. And we'll go to Robert and then we'll wrap up. Hey, Kamara, this is just one quick thing. This is actually a pretty decent hack on Southwest, just like how Tiffany was talking about, you can follow Hopper or Google Flights. Some of them don't follow Southwest Flights, but whenever a lot of the other places go on sale, Southwest would kind of go on summer sale. What I do is I'll buy a ticket. Whenever you buy a ticket from Southwest, if it goes on sale for cheaper at any given time, you can repurchase the flight and they'll give you the difference at any time. So you could buy for literally this last FinCon I traveled for $80. I repurchased the price four times before I actually went. So I purchased it. Then I purchased it again. It went on sale. I purchased it again. And I purchased it again. And I just got the difference. And then I'll use it for my next travel. So that's how a money hack that I do as far as traveling. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. By the way, we're probably going to have to create a separate WhatsApp group just for travel. And I'm over here like, we might have to do a separate space just for some travel hacks. Because I'm like, you can't throw that in at the last minute. And I'm like, wait a minute, I need more. But thank you, Robert. So thank you, everyone, actually, for contributing to this space. This was really fun. It was really interesting. My list of places that I want to go has now grown. And hopefully yours has too. So for people that are new here, we have this every Monday night at 9 p.m. It's called Fin Noir, a space for Black money talk. As you can see, we talk about a variety of different things. We wanted to have a little fun tonight and just visualize for a little bit, <laughs> travel vicariously through each other. So thank you so much for joining us, and you all have a wonderful rest of the night. Thank you for listening, joining, and being a part of the Money Talk with Tiff podcast this week. You can check Tiff out every Thursday for a new Money Talk podcast. But if you just can't wait until next week, you can listen to previous podcast episodes at moneytalkwitht.com or follow Tiff on all social media platforms at Money Talk with T. Until next time, spend wise by spending less than you make. A word to the money wise is always sufficient. <laughs>